You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Church family, happy Thursday. I hope that things are going really well for you as you listen to this podcast. Uh, Man, I just hope that you're scattered on mission and that you are serving the Lord and enjoying Him deeply today. So we've been talking about Jesus this week, and today I just wanted to share a devotional podcast uh, from Mark chapter 2. My guest again is my friend Andy Baker, pastor of First Baptist Church of Olo. Andy, I really appreciate you serving our church this week. Thanks for coming alongside me, man. Yeah, very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, this is a fantastic story that everybody knows by heart, but you probably never thought about the ramification of this story. So one of the reasons that we believe that Jesus is fully God is because there are moments in the Bible where Jesus does something that only God can do. And this is one of those stories. And so I just want to use this story as a way to encourage our church family and sort of teach you to read your New Testament a little bit more carefully. So Andy, thanks for running through this with us. Sure. Um, The story of the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2. We're going to read the whole text and I'll point out a few things as we go. Uh, I'll read the first couple of verses. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And Andy, I know that um, it's a great sermon to preach about, you know, being a good friend and bringing people to Jesus. That's a fantastic sermon to preach, but it's not the point of the devotion today. Definitely not. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, I want everybody to hear this, son, your sins are forgiven. Okay, so I want everybody to recognize that in the story, the guy is going to go home healed, but that is secondary. Like the first thing that Jesus does is he looks at this guy, he looks up at the roof, he sees four men that trusted. What did they believe? What was their faith about? They believed that Jesus Christ was the anointed Messiah who had come from God and had the power of God to do whatever he wanted. And so when Jesus looked and saw their faith, he looks at the guy on the mat and he gives him the most important thing. It's a, the guy came to be healed, but Jesus is going to give him something bigger. He looks at the guy and he says, your sins are forgiven which is a little bit out of place because all anybody's wanted so far was, can my friend walk again? All right, so uh, verse 6. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Listen very carefully to what they say. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Okay, so the teachers of the law, they know exactly uh, that God is the only one who can forgive sins. So when Jesus says your sins are forgiven... They call him a blasphemer, which is one of the reasons that he was crucified. When Jesus was crucified, he was crucified for speaking out against the temple and for claiming to be God or to be the son of God for blasphemy. And so, uh, and and just generally stirring up the people in a way that threatened the stability um, of their off-center culture out of the temple. Anyway, so these teachers of the law look at Jesus and say, nobody can forgive sins except God. All right. So Andy, church family, I mean, here Jesus is a rabbi in a house. He's not a he's not a he's not the high priest. He's not in a temple. He's not standing near the altar. He doesn't have the authority to forgive sins. He's not working with the tools that God gave them to, to find remission of sins. He is standing in a house away from the temple and he looks at this guy and he says, Your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders in the law in the room knew that that was only God's job. And so the rest of the story is going to be 
proof of whether or not Jesus really was forgiven the guy's sins. All right, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Hey, Q, uh, here's a hint that Jesus is God. He knew what they were thinking. Nobody had said out loud what their problem was. They're all thinking simultaneously. He's a blasphemer and Jesus knows their thoughts. How does he know their thoughts? Because he's God. That's right. And God knows everybody's thoughts every place. Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up. Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So I say to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. Wait a minute, the authority to forgive sins is on earth? I thought the authority to forgive sins was in heaven. Well, that's right. Hmm. The Father's in heaven forgiving sins, and the Son's on earth forgiving sins. Because in, our, in the Trinity of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God's walking among them right now in that room, forgiving their sins. That's right. And so he wanted them to know that the authority to forgive sins was right here in their, in their midst. And the ramification of that is that God has come to them. All right, so he says, I want you to know, and I'm going to give you a proof, which is easier, to say the sins are forgiven or to heal the guy. And to heal the guy would be easier uh, as far as like divine power is right. concerned. So I'm going to do the easier thing, and then I'm going to ask, do you have faith enough to believe that I can do the harder thing? But I'm going to give you evidence. And so I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Well, there's a lot of beautiful things in the story. You know, yes, the faith of the four friends is powerful. Like the determination to get to Jesus is beautiful. Like digging away the roof is, is wonderful. Like, I, I love so much. And I would encourage our church scattered on mission. Yes, bring your friends to Jesus. Yes, have a sense of urgency that you would peel the roof off so that your friends could know Christ and they could be a part of faith. They could walk through the baptistry and give their life to Jesus. But that's not the point of the story. So the point of the story is that when this guy hits the ground, Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders know that only God can do that. Hmm. And then Jesus says, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you enough to believe that I mean what I say. Take up your mat, man. Go home. And a paralyzed man stretches his legs, stands up on shaky knees, grabs his mat, and with a grin that we could never capture in words, walks home yeah. for the first time in how long? And the healing of the man's legs, it really was just proof that the man's soul was healed. He got two things that day. Yeah. A healing of his body, but a forgiveness of his sins. Yeah. And it was the authority of God that did both. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things I just want to kind of nudge our church towards is that the Bible is full of stories like this, where Jesus does a thing that's bigger than what the prophets could do, that's more, you know, the prophets never claimed to be able to forgive sins. You know, the, I mean, even miracle workers in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament, nobody's got the authority to forgive sins except through Jesus' name sure. nowadays, right? Yeah, sure. And Jesus demonstrated that he had the authority to forgive sins because he was God yeah. walking among us. Yeah, and I think this points to uh, Christ as our great high priest. You think about the Old Testament, what these religious leaders were accustomed to. They were accustomed to the Levitical priesthood. Only God can forgive sins, but you've got to go through steps A, B, C, D, That's and right. E in order to get there. Go to the temple, take the a priest sacrifice. can't do it. The, you know, uh, the sacrifice even in and of itself can't do it. Those are Got the on. means by which you have the mediator. But here is Jesus coming along and says, 
your sins are forgiven. Of course, they go, well, only God can forgive sins. Jesus could just look at them and go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> only God can forgive <laughs> sins. But you think, too, I mean, what he's saying, really, if he's not God, yep, yep. Is, a, is a death sentence on his head, which they could have carried out immediately right here, but they're just drawn back and going, yeah. hold up, man, what's going on here? Uh, and so you see a perfect picture, even, of Jesus as the mediator for this paralyzed man yeah. between us and God. The greater Abraham, the greater priest, the one that's not from the tribe uh, or the, the the lineage of Levi or Aaron, but the one that's from the uh, priesthood of Melchizedek, the one that is above uh, all the rest. And so you see a perfect picture even of of Christ coming to us in our uh, our sinful state and our depravity and those things and working on behalf of us to the Father forgiving our sins right uh, in this story. And so it is a... It's really a remarkable picture because you see the superiority of Jesus even in this moment um, over uh, sin as a whole, over illness even in yep. this. Uh, and you see the power clearly displayed that is uh, often silencing. So while our church is scattered on mission, you know, Andy, kind of, I think what I want to push is that as I've read through the whole story and thought about the power that's in Jesus, that he is God, like he can forgive the man's sins and make him well. Because he's God. Sure. I'll be honest with you, while we're scattered on mission, I am more determined right now than I was that I want to be one of those four guys bringing my friends to Jesus. Why? Because I am bringing them to the source of healing and That's forgiveness. Right. That's right. And, uh, the so, only source. The only source. So, church family, while you're scattered on mission, man, I hope you are amazed and in wonder at your good and loving high priest who came. I hope you appreciate, as you read your New Testament, all these stories where Jesus does what only God can do or claims for himself what only God can claim for himself. And I hope that while you're scattered on mission, you will be diligent to bring your friends to Jesus Christ because not only can he meet their physical needs and heal their bodies and help them walk them through grief and pain and suffering, not only can he give them comfort and, 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 and mercy, but he can forgive our sins. So let's run to Jesus. Andy, thanks for being with us, man. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Glad to be here. 